Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's around the house. They also make it what's called oxy grout. It's basically the same product. I think they just market the same product and just put it under a different name. But wait a minute, is this like <laughs> is that like OxyClean? Hey, it's Billy Mays here for OxyClean. <laughs> no, but I think it uses sort of the same technology. <laughs> so funny. Got it. <laughs> oh, Billy Mays, rest in peace. <laughs> but this is oxy grout. It's you can check it out at a company called. Pacific Sands. You'll like it. See, it's Pacific Sands. So, um, but sounds like I'm at the it's beach. It's really great grout cleaner. And so you do it, you can mix it up. You can apply it directly as a powder form with a little scrub brush. You know, I like to use a toothbrush or the little tools to kind of get in. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B, where we talk home improvement healthy homes interior design construction every single week thanks for joining us hey caroline how are you hi everybody how are we all doing this week this weekend it's a big weekend it is the birthday 34th birthday of around the house is that amazing you've been around 34 years not all you no how long have you been with the show jeez i think it's eight years now so it's that's a long time yeah, yeah, it's, it's almost coming a decade. Along. Yeah, so it's wild. It's uh, it's crazy. So time flies when you're having fun. But uh, he, it uh, started out years ago here in Portland, Oregon, and uh, just keeps going and going and going. And uh, man, so we're on a podcast. This will be the first. This will be season thirty-four. We keep the mm. seasons lined up with the birthdays, and that way it's uh, easy to keep track of everything. Sweet. So happy birthday to us. Yeah, happy birthday party to us. Time. Woohoo, party happy time. Happy birthday around the house. Ooh, I do have but, an update, though, from our previous podcast. Uh, did you say news? I have breaking news. Uh-oh. Breaking news on my LG robot vac. Of course, I can't find the parts anywhere in the country for it. It'll be weeks before they get here, which was where we kind of left off with it. So I went and took the, literally took the wheels off of this thing, the wheels off the bus. Set it down, and I got some really good glue, uses UV to cure it, and I rebuilt the wheels with this kind of super glue epoxy stuff. For our audiences that may only hear this on the radio, right? Is it possible they didn't catch the podcast? It is. So I have an LG Cord Zero robot vac. So this is one of the kind of the Roomba version. You know, it's like that original iRobot kind of thing, but it's the LG version. Super smart. I love the thing. The Achilles heel, it seems to me, is that the wheels are made out of ABS plastic or something similar that is about the thickness of the credit card. So there's all this great rubber on it, but the Mm -hmm. wheel rim itself is made out of super thin material. And anyway, long story short, it just completely, this wheel has, both wheels have started to fail. 
It's about 70 bucks a side because you have to buy the motor and the wheel. There wasn't enough room to actually build them out of metal or print up something and still hold up. So I actually just took glue and tried to rebuild them. And um, so far, so good. I got three vacuumings out of it without a falling apart. So we'll see what happens. That's three more than I had when I was running around like a clown car with the wheels out around because the wheel centers were broken and it was like. Eric had me dying in the podcast. This is a reason why all of our audience, if you listen to us on the radio, check us out. You can find us on any podcast player on your phone. But Eric told the most hysterical story about the wheels falling off the bus, if you will, with the robo back. And it sort of had this, and people should have their robo robo vacs out and their HEPA vacs and their sealed system vacuums and their, what else do they need now? It's spring cleaning guys. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. That's one of my favorite topics. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I live in the Pacific Northwest as everybody knows, or most people know. So we end up having one this time of year where we're into April, there is this gray, brown, black slime on everything in my area, Western Cascades, Portland to Seattle, that just kind of grows on everything. And you have to go around on the outside and clean it up. And, you know, it's, it's, it's scrubbing down the the lawn furniture. If it's out, any of that stuff, what I do to clean that up a lot of times, and depending on the product, I'll just get out like 30 seconds outdoor cleaner, which is a product that I use spray it down out there when it's dry, let it do its work. And then you can hose it off. And if it's really deep, you, you know, scrub it. And by the way, if you buy some of these products, like 30 seconds outdoor cleaner, it doesn't mean it works in 30 seconds, just follow directions and use it. Right. What's in that? Is that a toxic product? I think it might be toxic. I don't know. I have, uh, a, I have a greener alternative for that. Okay. Let's hear it. I, I, I you're going to have a greener alternative to everything I probably use, which is great. So now we can all learn. Battle of the cleaners. Here we go. You got it. What would you do on so the outside? I propose, and there's a product that I like. It's called Oxy Boost. They also make an Oxy Grout. You can get it at Eco Geeks. You can also get it by Natural Choices makes this product. And it looks almost like a baking powder or baking soda. And this stuff yeah. is great. So if you have a deck and you have any kind of sludge, slime, mold, moss. Um, what else gets out there? Like just debris, dirt, you know, yeah. it gets funky wood. It doesn't deteriorate your wood. It's not toxic to the environment. It's a hydrogen peroxide based product, but it's like granular. And so you can either dump a cup of it into a bucket and then use a boat brush and just scrub it on and leave it on for about 10 minutes. And then it just dissolves all that kind of scum and it's unharmful to the environment. Works great. You know, you can use it around your kids, pets, all that kind of good stuff. So I like that. It's called Oxy Boost, but it's not B-O-O-S-T. Natural Choices makes it. Good product. I like it. How does it work so, pretty well? Yeah, it does. It takes about 10 minutes. Like, you know how your product's saying you put it on for 30 seconds? No, you want to let it sit yeah. for about 10 minutes. Yeah. They say 30 second outdoor cleaner is it, is it is it starts working in 30 seconds. But really what you do is if it's with 30 seconds outdoor cleaner, so you mix it up, it's a concentrate you spray it on the dry surfaces. And then if it's on like metal or plastic fiberglass, you should let it sit at least three minutes. If it's wood, five minutes. If it's cement or tile or masonry, asphalt, then it should be about 15 minutes. And then rinse and basically you're done. So, so if you want to go with Eric's choice, which may not be as environmentally friendly, you've got that. If you want to go with my choice, which is a healthier alternative, 
Same thing. You can use it on cement, wood. It's great. It's a great cement cleaner, the OxyBoost too. Same thing. It sounds like a very similar product, you know? Yeah, this one here, I think, uh, you know, you can smell there's some uh, chlorine product in it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you can smell in the 30-second clean there is. There's a bunch of other soaps and stuff in that thing too. So it's just not like you're out there with bleach water or something. But the reason, one of the other reasons, I've worked with those guys for years. They're based here in Portland. You can get them at just about any place, you know, Home Depot, Lowe's, all those different places. But that's just one company that I've used. And it's uh, definitely not as green as yours, but, um, you know, it doesn't hurt plants and stuff around there either. So it's pretty good. But for cleaning up outside, that works pretty good on that. What do you do, Caroline, for like, you know, you get all that junk from outside on the windows and you're like, all right, it's a sunny spring day. I'm going to go out and and clean my windows. Are you just a grab a Windex person or are you kind of that? I'm not I'm not totally opposed to Windex, but I usually am a vinegar and water solution person. So I'll go you know, a 50-50 combination or or if you take a big bucket and just put a cup of vinegar in it, it works really good at breaking up all that scum and, you know, it's a disinfecting agent too. So I, that, I would do windows, vinegar, and water. White okay. distilled. Does it do the same as like streaking in the glass and stuff? Does it work just as good as like one of these that have the ammonia that kind of yep. sheets the water off it does? Okay. Yep. So vinegar and water the- or, you know, I'm not opposed to Windex. I'm not going to go, you know, throw you out. With the bath water for using it. <laughs> it's not all. All right. But if you want a greener alternative. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but if you want greener alternative, go with just your vinegar and water combination. All right. But That's not good. red and vinegar. Then- You're not making a sub or a hoagie. <laughs> I know Eric hates when a I say sandwich. hoagie. I knew you were going to say hoagie. Sub. <laughs> Ooh, well, well, you're going to make me hungry now. So it's sub hoagie uh. or a grinder, maybe. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. And by the way, we are going to have some fun coming up here on another show. And uh, we'll talk more about that. We're out of time on this episode. When we come back, we'll be talking more spring cleaning <laughs> just as soon as Around the House returns. the around the house show uh, caroline and i've been sitting here talking about spring cleaning and one of the things i do this time of year when we get outside is i start getting on the lawn so i've already kind of hit my lawn with the iron that really tends to kill the moss and stuff because we get moss growing mm-hmm. in the grass because just the way things are here i don't like putting too much stuff on it but then once it starts getting thick i start going after the weeds in the lawn and making sure that i don't have uh, all the nauseous weeds climbing all over everything around here um, I hate to ask. He's this is this you know, audience. This is just my pet peeve. <laughs> I'm an environmentalist. Or at least I'm, you know, pretty pretty savvy when it comes to toxic chemicals in the environment. All right. So what are you using for your weeds? So in the grass, I just use like weed begone <sighs> or I'll use the weed and feed, uh, you know, granular fertilizer, you know, go through the go through that, throw the Scots down on that or whatever brand I can get. And then out there, of course, we talked about it. You know, if I have to go through and nuke stuff, then uh, I go out and grab the the Roundup and the spray mask and go out there and uh, safely apply in the certain areas that I need to kill certain things. Like, you know, we talked about it 
last week, but Ivy and, and, uh, blackberries that I'm trying to get rid of that are, that are taken over. So that way we can put some uh, more natural plants in there. So I am trying to convert Eric. I'm slowly, everyone, I'm slowly working on him to get him to realize that you don't have to use toxic (laughs) chemicals on your lawn, but there's a couple things that you do need to do. So if you're coming out Mm -hmm. of the fall, when you're in the fall, you need to make sure that you take those leaves that fall down and use them as fertilizer. So if you go out there and chop that stuff up, make sure you're getting it as fertilizer and using it. Cause a lot of people do, at least in our area, we have leaf cleanup. So people blow all the leaves away yeah. from their yard or they pick them up and they don't use them. So ch- getting out there on the tractor or, or even using a, a push mower just to chop all that stuff up for fertilizer does work really well. So it gives you a, a much greener nice. lawn. Cause what you want to do is you want to overseed the lawn. So the grass takes over the weeds versus the weed taking over the grass. So then getting out there yeah. now, this is time of year, you know, you got to do your do a lot of reseeding and make sure you're replanting all that grass and putting new seed down. It's important. Yeah. You know, like at my house, I've got a small area that's grass. We're going to put a little more in. I don't, grass does not do well where I'm at just because of all the big tree cover. And so, and I don't have a lot of leaves. I've got two huge maple trees right at the entrance of the driveway that are probably 75 years old that are super big monsters. You know, Mm. I couldn't, I mean, they're probably, you know, three feet around. They're big monsters out there. So those will put, you know, leaves down, but I get those cleaned up and got out of there because that area I don't mow that's under them. It's all area that I'm getting ready to improve. So I clean those up and they go out with the yard waste and and everything else and get out of there. But in the grass, yeah, I mulch the lawn. I don't take the lawn clippings and haul them off. That's good. I I actually mulch all the grass on that. So I do do that. But, you know, trying to get clover under control and out of it, making it look right. That's when I have to rely on some of these other weed products to So I'm going to give you it. a killer weed. Now, now I don't know if this is going to work for you because you do need the sun to activate this. So, but, mm-hmm. so you're going to take one gallon of white vinegar. You're going to combine okay. that with a cup of table salt. So I usually make it in a, you okay. know, I usually take in one of the, the sprayers. So you'll see like, you know, some people have the pesticide sprayer with the plastic and the spray hose. So I mix it all in there. And then I stir in one tablespoon of liquid detergent soap. And then you're going to basically spray that directly onto the weeds and, and let the solution dry on a sunny day. And guess what happens to the weeds? Help me, help me, help me. There we go. (laughs) It's great for walkways, but the key to that is that you do need sun. So you want to make sure it gets sun application in combination with those chemical compounds or what we call more natural non-synthetic chemicals to help it. Help me, help me kill the weed. Now I want to, I want to talk about this just for a second when you're making your own stuff, because I've made some mistakes with this (laughs) and we'll kind of wrap this part of the segment up with this. Here are the things you don't want to mix together. Do not mix bleach and vinegar together. (laughs) No. Or bleach and ammonia. (laughs) Unless you're trying to create chlorine gas, that's not what you want to do, right? So, I mean, we're not trying to get into World War I warfare here. Do not let bleach and vinegar mix up. And what I mean by that is you don't want to have like a mix mix up a, a vinegar mix and pour it into your sprayer that just had some bleach in it, right? Mm. So just... You need to be careful when you mix these things together. Um, baking soda and vinegar, be careful with that. It's super acidic. You could actually start eating away metals and concrete and stuff like that. So that can be a problem. 
<laughs> Pleach and ammonia. Mm-mm. Really bad. Very bad. That's very <laughs> bad. That's like leave the building. Yeah, that's chloramine. That's not good. <laughs> if you want to get shortness of breath and chest pain, that's the fast way to do it. <laughs> oh and then don't mix different drain cleaners together either. So you got to be careful with that. That's another one when you're cleaning. Hydrogen peroxide and vinegar are not good as well because that's uh, uh, paracretic acid, which can be toxic. Oh, I get to correct you again. Parasitic acid. See? But I have to say, you can, I'm going to disagree a little bit with that, as long as you keep them separated, you can use a parasitic acid cleanse in your shower. So you can put, spray hydrogen peroxide and then coat it with, you know, keeping a separate bottle and then spray another level of it mm-hmm. with the vinegar over it. And it actually works as a really good disinfectant. They use that in hospitals. Parasitic acid is a, is a commonly known disinfectant. You just don't want to mix them together. So they can be applied on top of each Got other, it. but don't mix. Don't mix them. Okay. Because, yeah, if you mix them, that could cause respiratory issues. Yeah. Well, like I said, That's, leave that to the professional. There we go. Another one, bleach and rubbing alcohol. Oof. <laughs> That's just not, that's just like rubbing alcohol is enough to put you out. A little bleach. Yeah. <laughs> For all my fans, I don't recommend bleach anymore. I mean, it's, it's really gotten to be, it's very toxic. It's got a lot of unhealthy properties and for anything that you would use it on a toilet, you can use just straight hydrogen peroxide. So I don't really recommend bleach so much anymore for home use. Not for mold either. Yeah, bleach and bleach and rubbing alcohol basically creates a rudimentary version of chloroform. <laughs> You don't want to do that. Don't do this at home. Get I was home, cleaning the bathroom with, with bleach and this, and I just woke up hours later. Didn't know what happened to me. Gosh. And it was not any And cleaner. don't use mold. So. We're going into the season. We do not use mold on, and this is even EPA recommended. We do not use Wait. mold on, I mean, bleach on mold anymore. There Sorry. we go. I was going to correct you. <laughs> see, he has to correct me too. No, no bleach, bleach on, on mold. mold. That is the biggest one that I see out there on social media. Mm. Where people go, oh, I hit it with bleach and it still didn't fix it. Well, if anything, right, you made the mold clean and clear where you can't that's see it as ha- much. Well, that's but exactly it's still what happens. So when you spray mold with bleach, think about it. It bleaches out the black, let's say it's black mold. It's got that black property. It loses that. But the mm-hmm. protein that actually gives you allergens stays behind. So in the beta-glucan, yeah. there's another little science word, beta-glucans and mold stay behind. And those things are the things that cause you to be sensitive or have allergic condition. So that stays behind with the bleach and it just bleaches it out. <laughs> just be careful with that stuff because you want to do it right and you do it once, right? That's the key. Mm-hmm. That's the key. Hey, when we come back, we're going to take it inside and start doing some cleaning inside and some really good things of how I say I'm going to do it. And I'm going to have Caroline tell me the healthy way to do it. We'll do that just as soon as Around the House returns. Hey guys, you're listening to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B. I'm Zeke Sky, and I'm going to show you how to shred it out while you're building it up. Whoa, 
Welcome back to the Around the House show. And, uh, well, this is where we're talking some spring cleaning, and I'm talking about how I'm going to clean it. And Caroline's going to correct me on how it's a proper way to do it in a healthy kind of way because I tend to be the guy that grabs the product off the shelf and goes, oh, that seems to work. And I go clean it. You do, but but you, but you do pick things that actually work. I mean, it's not like you're pretty picky about that. Yeah. You know, I, I know a lot of guys in the garage that go grab the can of brake clean and they clean everything with it. Oh my God. Which, I mean, brake clean has its place for doing brakes on cars. And I get that. But man, that stuff is brutal. And the stuff that goes through your skin, no. you know, it has its place when you're working on vehicles, but it is not a general cleaner you should be using around the garage. No. And remember, a little science tip. Anything you put on your skin or come in contact with is in your bloodstream in 26 seconds or less. I'm doing better about wearing gloves now. I am. Good. Thank you. Thanks. You know, and, and I'm, I'm doing better with that. I am probably wearing gloves 75% of the time compared to decade where I didn't ever wear gloves. So. There were know. decades. I mean, my father, I remember he used to take pesticide mixtures and mix it with his hand. Oh, like yeah. He would just put his hand in and oh, just yeah. mix it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. And so, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy. You got to be careful out there. So not going in the garage here just yet, but I wanted to go inside the house and start, you know, talking about it. One thing that I see, and we started to talk about it last segment, but I don't want anybody to take porcelain bath fixtures like your toilet or a sink and just pour bleach in it. Because mm-hmm. you're going to Tell etch, them why. yeah, you're going to etch that surface. So if you've got a brand new toilet, you get a little bit of water scum in there or anything else. Do not just take bleach in there, and just as importantly, don't grab that magic eraser. A magic eraser, sorry, magic eraser. That is about <laughs> the. It's got about sixteen hundred grit sandpaper is what it really is. If you want to sit there and measure it to a piece of sandpaper. Ooh. So they tell you to use on cleaning toilets and porcelain items, a non-abrasive cleaner at all times and nothing caustic or acidic or anything that's going to etch it. Well, that magic eraser, I have had homeowners that had house cleaners come into a kitchen a year after I did it. And the house cleaner went around and started cleaning the cabinets with the magic eraser and totaled the kitchen because they sanded off the finish of the cabinets on their wood cabinets because they sanded it down to the wood and they had to do all new cabinet doors in the kitchen because she literally ruined them. And that was thousands of dollars. That's a nightmare. So really, I'll be honest, this is that time when you're thinking about those plumbing fixtures, you really need to think about treating your water and stuff and not having that hard water be a problem because that's going to be your really only solution on the cleaning side of things to make sure that shower, bathtub, toilet, sink, faucet, stay looking good is to keep that water under control with minerals because otherwise you're throwing stuff at it, trying to to fight that and make sure that you've got it under control. That's my tip. I think people go like, they feel like they have to do a really, their due diligence on cabinets in the kitchen. Like just, you, you brought something to my attention. When you have your cabinets in the kitchen, is there something you prefer to use? Like besides dusting with a damp cloth or maybe just a mild detergent? I mean, is there anything you recommend? Should people be putting you know, a pledge or putting some kind of protective agent on it? Or is it better just to leave it alone and just do a simple 
dusting with, you know, something mild. There are some cabinet finishes that it's kryptonite is ammonia. So if you use mm-hmm. Windex, you can soften Windex. the finish and, oh, and, and make key. it kind of. So really, if you're going to wipe the cabinets down, I say make up a little bucket, put a couple, you know, just a little bit of Dawn in there or, you know, just something yeah, very gentle detergent. just to be a surfactant to clean the grease and stuff and off of there. And you're just going to wash it really well. Get a nice terry cloth towel. Make sure it's dried quickly. Don't slop any water up on there, but just do a very dry, you know, wring out the water out of it as much as you can. Wipe it down and dry it real quickly. And, uh, you know, make sure you leave the doors open in the areas that you've cleaned the front and back. Anywhere that your fingers have touched, that oil and grease will be breaking down the cabinets, which is why I always say, You should have handles and knobs on cabinets versus no handles because your hands will ruin that finish in a number of years. And you will see the finish fall off those areas where you're always touching it with your hands. That is so key because how many people take the Windex and spray their countertops, right? For disinfectant. I see it all the time. And they're hitting all of the cabinetry along with the countertop. Yeah, that can be the kryptonite on a lot of the newer finishes, especially that ammonia will actually break down that finish. And so you don't want to do that because that's the most expensive part of that kitchen is that finish that's on there. And to have somebody come back out and have to redo that, you can almost buy appliances for your kitchen cheaper than having somebody come out to do that again. Ouch. And how about, so toilet bowls we were talking about, is there any particular tool that you like best to, I have a brush that I get in there and I've tried all different kinds, silicone, they make the like nylon brush and trying to scrub the bowl. Is there anything that works the best and getting up under the lip, trying to get, I'm really kind of serious about my toilet bowl. I like it clean. Yeah. If you're going to clean it, I mean, it's just find a good brush that seems to work with the shape of your bowl. There's a lot of different bowl shapes and everything else like that. Um, you know, and there's a lot of good toilet bowl cleaners out there. I'm sure there's stuff that's healthier than others, but to me, I want it to be clean. Do not use anything that you put in the toilet tank. You know how sometimes you can drop those like color bowl tablets and stuff in there. No, 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 no. You're just going to eat up the inside plastic parts because those disinfectants in that are going to remove the oils out of the plastic that are in the operational parts of the toilet, which makes them brittle. And that makes them fall apart and fail prematurely. So don't use any of those in in tank toilet cleaner parts as well. That will ruin a toilet fairly quickly. I just thought of a smart home device for toilets. I mean, we've got radio, music, lights, bidet, heat coming out of a toilet. We need self-cleaning toilet. Actually, there are some toilets now that are fairly self-cleaning. Toto has some mm. that have that micro layer on top of it. So you have a normal porcelain layer and they put another coating over the top of it that fills in all those little pores because it's like the surface of the moon. There's all these little fissures in there. And so really with those toilets, if you have to only clean them, like clean the bowl maybe once or twice a month with their new finish on there and you're good to go. Nothing really sticks. Nothing really sticks. I'm getting a Toto toilet in my new bathroom. And, and you said fissure. What a big word. I love that word. Yeah, fissure. Got a lot of little things in there. <laughs> I'm <you> impressed. Know. <laughs> there we go. Keep it clean. We'll keep it clean, people. So really, those are some of the things in the bathroom like that. And of course, you know, I want you with grout and stuff. We're going to have to go about to break here in a second. But with anything in your bathroom, you know, that grout is the weak point of any shower system or or 
wall system and a tub shower combination. Make sure you're keeping that cleaned. And if it's an older grout that doesn't need to be sealed, make sure you're spending time every year, every year in sealing that. And when we come back, you know, let's talk about this because there's a lot of things that you can do with grout to really kind of dive in to do that. One of my favorite ones is just using a steam cleaner to go in there. And that's mm. what the professionals, if you hire a company to come in, they get the steam cleaner out and do that. And sometimes you can rent those from a home improvement store and uh, go in there and get that clean and then let it dry and do that. So I'd much rather see that than some of the chemicals. So when we come back, let's talk, Caroline, about what you do for coming up with a good cleaner for that. Because, you know, for me, there's one thing that I don't like, and that's white grout because it always seems to get nasty. I've got good grout cleaner. So when we come back. Before we head out to break here, let's make sure everybody knows how to get a hold of us. That is going to be over at AroundTheHouseOnline.com or on social media. Just look up Around the House Show and you can find us there. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And of course, if you want to send us a message, you can do that over at the website, AroundTheHouseOnline.com. We'll be back with more cleaning tips just as soon as Around the House returns. Hi everybody, I'm Ari Kameen from Steven Adler's band and you are listening to Around the House with Eric G and the beautiful Caroline. Welcome back to the Around the House show. Caroline and I have been talking about doing spring cleaning and some of those, well, like my stuff, not so healthy and maybe your stuff, much more healthy, Caroline, cleaning around the house. And when we came back, we're going on a break. We were talking about trying to get that grout cleaned on maybe that old grout in the older bathroom or shower or something like that, that always looks so brutally nasty if you haven't cleaned and sealed at any time soon. Mm. And I like a product again in the Oxy Boost family. So we talked about the deck and patio cleaner earlier. They also make it what's called Oxy Grout. It's basically the same product. I think they just market the same product and just put it under a different name, but. Wait a minute. Is this like, <laughs> is that like OxyClean? Hey, it's Billy Mays here for OxyClean. <laughs> no, but I think it uses sort of the same technology. <laughs> So funny. Got it. <laughs> oh, Billy Mays, rest in peace. <laughs> but this is Oxy Grout. It's you can check it out at a company called Pacific Sands. You'll like it. See, it's Pacific Sands. So, um, but sounds like I'm at the. It's beach. really great grout cleaner, and so you do it. You can mix it up. You can apply it directly as a powder form with a little scrub brush. You know, I like to use a toothbrush or the little mm -hmm. tools to kind of get in there and scrub it. And it really takes all the mold and mildew. But remember, if you're seeing extensive mold and mildew on the outside of your shower, where you're showering, chances are it's behind the walls. You got to, well, it's what behind the walls too. And uh, we talked about that. If you want to, if you're going to be recalking it, go back and take a listen to our podcast episode where we, we, I really talked a lot with, um, we've had a couple of them that talked about it, but we had Sashko. We talked about their new caulking that they have that actually eats the material. And then we had a, another discussion with uh, that tile chick about She's awesome. mold yeah. and stuff and that as well. So we've had a 
bunch of different discussions. So make sure you go back and check out some of those 700 plus episodes that are up there on the web over on But you don't want mold in your shower. Zero. So guys, if you're having a problem, make sure you get it checked out behind the walls. You can also do a little pinhole if you want to find out what's happening behind the walls in your shower and you necessarily don't want to tear your shower apart. You can put a little pinhole like the size of a pencil, do an air sample right inside the wall and we can see if there's mold back there. So that's kind of cool. Nice. Air sampling behind the wall. That's a cool tip right there. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. That's the thing. And and one thing you can do too, and you know, we had Armada on a few a few weeks ago and we talked about, you know, keeping that shower dry. Really make sure that you're running that bath fan in there. You've got a high CFM bath fan and that you're running it 20 minutes or so after you've left that shower. So make sure you got a timer on that. And that'll help keep that mold from growing because you're going to dry it out. And that will help keep that shower cleaner. So you're not having to use so many chemicals and stuff. What CFM do you recommend for a bath fan? You know, I tend to oversize my shower bath fans. You know, they size them per the space, but you know, a big, a big bathroom with a lot of steam, like mine's a medium sized bathroom. I've got the biggest fan I can go in there. So I'm pushing almost 120 CFM on that. I've got it cranked up, but you have to remember to make sure that you've got plenty of intake air coming in. So you're going to need a little bit bigger, space under the door Mm -hmm. and you're going to need a little bit more air coming into there. Now, one thing I'm going to do differently on my bathroom is I'm going to put in a kind of almost a return air vent into the bathroom Mm. through the hallway, because the one problem I've happened in my bathroom is that my vanity is closest to the door. Mm -hmm. And when I'm running that 120 CFM, it's cooling the tile floor. Mm. So the tile is cold in front of the door. Because it's all rushing air into there. So it's almost like an air conditioner on that. So I don't want to bring in all that there. I want to go in on the other side of the bathroom. So I'm not bringing in so much air across the tile floor and making it cold. But I agree with you about the fan. I think 125 is good. I think a 50 is not good enough. What other cleaners in our last, you know, four or five minutes we got here, do you like using for general cleaning around the house? I think for all your surfaces, and, and you may disagree, Um, But for bathroom, anything that's not going to take color out, so your porcelain surfaces, your showers, your acrylic toilets, I always use hydrogen peroxide. And I like it because it doesn't have the toxicity. It just breaks down to hydrogen and oxygen, which is non-toxic. It disinfects phenomenal for toilets. You can just spray it down and leave it and walk away. You will get a little tushy burn if you forget that it was there and sit back down, but it doesn't do any harm. And I find when you use it in the shower once a week or twice a week and just spray that shower down with hydrogen peroxide and let it sit, it helps to deter the mold growth. Oh, nice. Cause yeah, you're just, you're just killing it quickly. Yeah, it doesn't like, I think it's you're oxygenating it and it just doesn't like, you know, it doesn't like that kind of environment. So it deters it from growing there and it seems to deter mold from just returning to the shower or, or presenting there in the first place. Yeah, just make sure you're not using it on right. wood products and things Correct. like that, that uh, you could do some damage to anything that's it's That can porous, remove you color. Can you know, to, it'll, it'll bleach color, so you don't want to use it on cabinetry. I mean, if you mess up once, it's not going to do it. But if you do it repeatedly, yes, don't do it. You're going to have some problems. Going to have some problems, so be a little careful with that. I know one of your pet peeves, Caroline, is those, uh, those wipes that come out of the plastic container. Uh, oh, oh, like a baby wipe? No, I'm talking about more of the... Like the the Clorox wipes or any one of those. The problem with all of those is that they put off high volatile organics. So if I'm testing your air quality and you're using a lot of these Clorox wipes on the countertops, plus you don't, you're putting food there. You don't want to add these chemicals to your foods and everything else. So they really add to your, to 
uh, your indoor air quality being poor. They have a lot of chemical compounds and I can tell when you're using them. So please use them in moderation. They're not meant to be used like constantly. You know, we, we trained so many people. I mean, there was a run on those things over the pandemic. It's bad. And so many people were using them. I mean, just, oh. They created such bad indoor air quality. On your, on your countertops, you guys, just a little surfactant and water works fantastic. Soap and water works great. So. You know, one, one other thing too, that I've noticed in the bathroom, have you noticed that some toilet paper brands will give off so much paper particles in a bathroom that they create so much dust in it there. It is insane. And if you go to a using a bidet, it stops all of that and dust. And think about that particle ending up in your septic system too and in the environment. You know, it's all waste. I, I have to say the bidet is good for a lot of reasons. So that's a, that's a good one there. And they do make self-cleaning bidets that do a lot of a lot of the cleaning. They don't get gunky. You know what I mean? The spray heads have a lot of self-cleaning features when you get the nice ones that work out And they have well. that fan too, so they dry you. They wet you and they dry you. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's funny. Everybody walks out of my guest bathroom downstairs. It's off the, off the living room and comes out of there and goes, "I like that heated seat." <laughs> These are all ways though we can impact the environment. You know, do our do our due diligence and not throw a lot of this stuff back in for waste. And there's alternatives to everything. Absolutely. So that that's one thing you can do to keep. And there's another thing that we're going to be doing this weekend and some spring cleaning here as well that I painted my entire inside of the house a couple of years ago. But it's amazing, even with all the high-tech filtration I have in my house, how much dust actually sticks to those walls mm. and how much kind of linen, lint, all that stuff from inside the house ends up sticking on the walls if you don't just dust them down. That's, that is key. Do you know, back in the day, our elders used to do a yearly clean down, a wipe down, just take a mild detergent. You can use a little vinegar and water too, if you want to just a little bit, not don't go crazy. If in a bucket, put maybe half a cup, but you want to clean all your walls and your sills of your windows and all of that stuff, or you can paint. But the problem with painting is that then you add a lot of volatile organics and those things take about two years to go away. So doing an, that's so key. That's such a good thing to bring up. Wall wipe downs yearly should be done. You know what I used huh. to do? You're going to laugh at me. I would take my battery powered leaf blower, <laughs> open up all the windows and doors in the house and blow the walls and ceiling down. No way. Well, if that's clean, unless you're. I'm just blowing all the dust off of it. I mean, you've got, I mean, it's horrible air quality for the next <laughs> half hour, 45 minutes, but I'd turn the bath fans on, everything else. I'd go. <laughs> that's a guy's house. And blow it down. A, it was a guy's a man house. cave I mean, for you. <laughs> if Julie caught me doing it, it'd be the death of me. But it was just, <laughs> it was, it was how I used to do it. Cause I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this. And it worked really well. I mean, it got stuff off the walls. The fans. There were no cobwebs anywhere. You fans, know, it worked those out really well. high fans. window shelves oh that people can't, you know, that you can't, the trim that you can't get to all of that needs to be dusted. It's huge. Well, and, it, and the problem is, is when you go turn the AC on and it's on high volume, you know, because usually the high, the AC uses a higher fan speed many times with systems and the heat mm-hmm. does. So when you do that, um, all of a sudden you kick up all that dust that hasn't been there all year long waiting after AC season's over with if you're in the, you know, northern climates. And so it does really help you to be able to get you know, that stuff kind of really chilled out and, in. And, and cleaned up. And so you're not kicking it back up. So anything you can do to help with that indoor air quality is key. Any dander control. We shed 500 million skin cells a day. So just think about that, people. We always talk about dander with pets, but we're shedding constantly into our beds, carpeting, 
towels all over the house. Isn't that gross? 500 million skin cells a day. That's gross. That's gross. It is pretty gross. You know what time it is? Time to go. It's that time, Caroline. I'm Eric G. And I'm Caroline B. And you've been listening to Around Around the the House. House. Hey, it's Eric G. from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand-molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.